Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Infinite Journeys. As always, I am your host, Tony Z, joined by my co-host, Asher. Hey there, folks. And we do not have any special guests this week, but we do have a new lore episode, which is the main gist of this episode. As the first lore episode for Elden Ring we did was Limgrave and the Two Fingers, I think is what we covered. Yep. I now so. we're, we will be moving on to Liernia of the Lakes. And some things within there, I specifically tasked myself with going into that Karia Manor area, and boy, was that a journey. So this may turn into less of a <laughs> less of a lore segment and more of a frustration segment when I get to it. <laughs> I think you know the game kind of encompasses both. You can't get that lore without the frustration. Yeah, I agree with that. And I didn't really get much lore from there, to be honest. I got like a sentence or something from like a ghost, and that was about it. <laughs> I was like, I can't find anything here except for death and destruction. But first, we have a little bit of uh, formerly dubbed weird news. But after the last episode, when we were dealing with vampire nudists, I decided to call it News Gone Wild because I thought it would be more fitting depending on what I find. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I think so. So uh, lay it on me. What do you got this week? I don't have a whole lot, to be honest, but I found something interesting. I got to pull it back up now. So <laughs> I, just, I just literally, there we go. Man's girlfriend chatted up by a ghost who texted her after a trip to Haunting Hotspot. So I actually they, thought that was interesting. <laughs> they went to a haunted area and she gave a ghost her number, basically. That's what it sounds like. A man said his girlfriend has been contacted by a ghost after the pair paid a spooky visit to a Haunting Hotspot. Hmm. In New York. Oh, no, oh. York. Not not New York. York. So I'm assuming UK. <laughs> I, I really say, thought that's I said unusual. New York. You usually get your news from across the pond, so New York would have been odd. Yeah, it says a 40-year-old man from Teesside, never heard of it, <laughs> has been carrying out his own research after his girlfriend received the cryptic text following a spooky trip to York, a city known for its ghostly happenings. Now, I wonder if that she's actually got something going on on the side and she's just passing it off like that. Don't worry, honey. It was just a ghost, you know? I wonder because the first text asked the woman to call back later. <laughs> <laughs> and the second bizarrely contained a cryptic message that the man later deciphered. The message says, we are INV, and then there's a space, then 4N, and then space 2, space lowercase z, and then 4N and B again. And what did he decipher that to be? That's what I'm trying to find out. What do you think about the Hardy list in the comments? It says he deciphered it, but he's not saying what it said. Oh, of course. I hate it when articles and, you know, you know, things do that. Oh, here we watch. go. Go ahead. Uh, I googled these numbers and it came up with an equation created by German scientist Armand Huckel. The Huckel formula using 4n plus 2 is a calculation of molecular orbitals on electron systems. <laughs> Oh, sexy. Well, that's a smart ghost, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is man. so weird. Naturally, yeah, I'd never heard of this and never used this equation in my life, so I'm very unsure how it ended up as an unsent text message on my phone. An unsent text message? Maybe you were just butt-dialing it. It just happened to be the equation when you Googled it. Oh, so it's not even that she's receiving texts. It's that they're showing up as like things that she's not typing out and not sending yeah that's what it seems like oh yeah maybe uh she should lock her phone before she puts it in her pocket yeah the man said he couldn't think of any explanation other than a ghost sending the cryptic text and equations on his phone or what they mean the man sounds like he's a little uh he's excited a little too quick to believe there yeah 
Because I don't, I, my wife sent me that. It's like, I don't know what this is. I'd be like, yeah, you probably just butt dialed, like, <laughs> fell asleep with your phone. Right. Because oh, that's man. a little... What the heck is this? I just saw something about aliens abducting human beings. Aliens are abducting humans and living on Earth before invasion, Professor claims. We read something about the invasion last episode. I mean, there's always something out there. There's all kinds of people that just want that to be happening right now. Yeah. What was it last episode? Oh, the expert that said a U- uh, UFO invasion that would change the world. <laughs> we were just like, nah, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, probably. I think that's it, to be honest. I don't really see anything more interesting than that, which is kind of unfortunate because last week was so good for the, <laughs> for the news. Uh, you know, it's going to ebb and flow. That, that was pretty good still. Yeah, the ghost thing was interesting. Oh, well, here's something where a grandma lays out funeral rules insisting her guests get drunk and do shots. I mean, I think that's a good funeral right there. Like, <laughs> I, I'll drink, put that up for mine. Interesting. Wait, I cut my daughter out of my will after she attacked me at her wedding. Wow. I think Why that family has some you? more things to work on than just, you know, who's drinking at the funeral. <laughs> what's, a, what's worse, that one or this one? I discovered I was pregnant at 17 during my first Brazilian wax appointment. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's worse for the person or the technician. Like, yeah, that just sounds not good. That that's a strange phone call afterwards. Yeah, seriously, that's so bizarre. How you find out at 17 during your first Brazilian? Well, that definitely goes for news gone wild. Yeah, that that, that that went wild real quick. That went a little too wild. Yeah, I don't know who's more embarrassed, the person who finds out or the person who's, like, trying to do the waxing when it happens. I think that's all I got. Oh, oh. all right. What I thought I would to... find something else, so I was, like, scrolling, but I don't want dead air, so... <laughs> <laughs> do you want to uh, catch up and do a little bit of uh, what we've been playing? Yeah, I actually have a long list of that this week, because I played, okay. like, five different games, but I'll let you start. Uh, so, mine's a little tighter, you know, I've still been playing Elden Ring one so a great game and uh two I wanted to you know do a little bit of the looking into the war thing but aside from that I picked something up on the PC on Game Pass called a memoir blue yes you and told me about that it is a bizarre like point and click kind of game it, it's just nice like scenic things and you you, you kind of like mouse around to see what you can interact with and you can you know dunk a radio under the water and you can you know turn this knob and push this button but it's just kind of like almost like wandering through a storybook of this girl's memories i think it's it's very yeah it's very scenic uh it's it's not like heavy on the gameplay or anything but like if you want something visually interesting and you kind of want to like just you know I, i put about 40 minutes into it and i'm not really sure how much more there was uh, just because I was trying to kind of click on everything and find like hidden things. Like at one point you're in like a storage unit and you can knock over an umbrella and it gives you an achievement. So I was kind of looking for some of those things too, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely like telling the story of this girl and how she grew up and got into like swimming and like her like backtracking through her memories and kind of laying out her life. But it's, it's just, it's really interesting. It's almost uh, relaxing. So it, it, it definitely would be a, a chill time just to kind of hang out and see what things do. 
Yeah, it sounds cool, but I'm surprised that dunking a radio into water doesn't like kill your character. <laughs> well, it, so at the very beginning, um, there is like an old time, like I say old time, it, it's a dial radio, right? With like a cassette player in the front and stuff. Yeah. You pull out antenna and uh, it's floating in the water and you have like your, you know, start and new game and continue and all that. I didn't click any of those. I, you know, for whatever reason, I clicked on the radio and it kind of bobbed. So I was like, all right, I clicked and I dragged it down and it dragged it down and started the game up. So like, I didn't go back to see what like start game or continue or anything did. Cause I was kind of like already into it. It was just such a right. wild entry into the world and journey that I was just kind of like, Oh, where do we go now? Definitely sounds different, like unique. Yeah, it, it was, it was, very unique and it, it bounces in between more of a realistic and uh, more of like a Coraline uh, art style, you know, a little bit animated, a uh, little bit, you know, more real looking, um, depending on the scene and whether or not it's like a memory and stuff. But yeah, it, it's an interesting journey. Was that, did you have it? Well, well, besides Elden Ring or did you have anything else you were playing as well? Uh, I haven't really played anything else. I did finally roll credits on Elden Ring. Um, yes, you did and I tell started me up my my new game. Uh so I I was kind of on the fence about whether or not I wanted to go into new game plus or not. There are three bosses left that I know I haven't touched. Uh one I couldn't find, one I couldn't get to just cuz well I probably could eventually. I was just really struggling. Right. And then the other one I knew where it was and I watched some people fight it and I said, no, nah, I'm good. I'll get there eventually. I just watched that fight and I'm like, mm, no, that, that's a little too much for me right now. So yeah, that would be me. I'd be like, I'll get there eventually or I won't, but whatever. <laughs> but I hadn't realized I had unlocked the option of like four different endings. So that's I thought cool. that was cool. Yeah. And I, I ended up picking the one that I didn't want to have to redo, you know? Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this one was the most uh, troublesome for me to get done, or I, I enjoyed doing sections of it the least. So I was like, I'll get that one out of the way first. So, was well, interesting but, for, for me was that I didn't play much Elden Ring throughout the week because I had a lot going on. So I didn't really play it until today. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I mean, from what it sounds like, you had a great day with it. Yeah, I did. I got a lot done today, but I'm, I'm saving that for last because right. um, I got. I got that Tiny Tina's on Friday, so I was playing that. I think I've got I, myself to, like, level 10, maybe? Totally so forgot I, about that. I've been playing that. I've been playing it, but I've been playing it online with a friend, and it's been plagued with trouble. Uh, the yeah. shift servers have just <laughs> been constantly up and down. And, like, sometimes it'll come up, and I'll be like, oh, cool, I can put in a shift code or see if my friend's online. And it, like, lets me go to the social menu, and then it drops. The game itself has been great. It's this great fusion of Borderlands and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. It's really enjoyable. Uh, it's it's if you enjoyed a Borderlands game or any of the you know uh, looter shooter style games, and you like Dungeons and Dragons and and some comedy, you will probably enjoy this. Yeah, I've, I've liked what I played, but even not playing with anybody in multiplayer, I've still had issues where like there was a one part where like my game just started to stutter, like it was messing up with internet connection and i was like not even really using it it doesn't have an offline mode so you're basically constantly off oh uh, yeah <laughs> um, like it doesn't have like a switch to turn it off so that was kind of annoying but the yeah. the other game i started playing on thursday was 
originally I was planning for it to be my Game Pass pick of the week because I told you about it, that I downloaded it and was playing it and was really enjoying it. Oh, that yeah. didn't last long. That is Weird West. Okay, yeah. It is a very interesting game because it kind of like blends different styles. Like it has horror elements. It's also basically like a, what would it be? A roguelike, maybe? Is that where, where it's like top down? You have to like aim. You have to like manually aim with like an arrow to shoot your gun and crap. I think that's a roguelike. I can never <laughs> remember if roguelike is, you know, procedurally generated or if, you know, it's the top down thing. Because those are usually hand like in both. hand. In yeah. What people refer to as a roguelike, but they're they're technically different styles. But I, I get what you're saying. It's that top down view. Yeah, here, I'm going to look it up right quick and see if it'll actually tell me what it is. A dark fantasy reimagining of the Wild West where lawmen and gunslingers share the frontier with fantastical creatures. That's kind of how it's describing it on Steam. (laughs) It doesn't say what type of game it is, though, so that's going to drive me nuts. But it feels like that, like a, like a, uh, I guess it's just listed as RPG. IGN gave it 8 out of 10. It looks like it's, uh, kind of an angled top-down uh kind of like a, a diablo yeah it feels like a diablo crossed over with some of the creatures feels like silent hill oh interesting and then like the way you have to manually aim that's where my biggest issue is i suck at that top-down aiming my gun type of thing like diablo you can kind of just click and like automatically hit stuff right right i wonder if it would be better on pc because i'm trying to play twin stick shooter that's what i was thinking Okay, use, yeah, where one moves you and the other one aims to, you. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't do that. You aim with the trigger button. So I guess it's not technically like that, but that's what it feels like. It just okay. feels like multiple different games all in one. But yeah, I like the I like the top-down style. I like like the art and stuff, but I did have some issues where it crashed on me like three times. And I was like, well, I can't put this as my game pass pick of the week now. Well, this, it was constantly crashing, and I'm not, it's not as far as I know, it's not an online game. Yeah, I wonder why I was doing that. I mean, it looks like it's by Devolver Digital, which they make a lot of really solid, uh, I don't want to say small games, but they're they're never as large of a scope as some other games. But everything I've ever heard uh, people talk about with them is that they're, they're solid games. So yeah. it's a bummer that it was crashing like that. I think it only did it a couple times, and then I think I ended up just getting frustrated and like switching, <laughs> switching over to something else. That's oh, kind of what happened. But even yeah, like the real frustrating. Even the Steam reviews right now are very positive. It's billed as an immersive sim. Survive and unveil the mysteries of the weird west through the intertwined destinies of its unusual heroes in an immersive sim from the co-creators of Dishonored and Prey. Hmm. So those were actually pretty big games, Dishonored and Prey. Yeah, yeah. I never got into Prey, but I did play Dishonored back in the day. I can't remember if I ever beat it though. I tried Prey, but it was uh, it was in a lull in my like gaming interests. So like it was like, oh, this is kind of neat, but it's too like at the time I didn't have my uh my Twitch skills back up there, you know. So yeah. having to react to things quickly, I wasn't I just wasn't getting anywhere, you know. I, I probably if I went back and played it now, I'd probably enjoy it. Yeah, what I find the most interesting about the Weird West is that like every decision will actually matter in the game. So, like, depending on what you're doing, it's going to matter at some point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, like, you're basically playing in a simulated sandbox, so, like, characters, factions, and even places will actually react to your players' decisions over time. 
See, I, I love that because there's a lot of games out there that do that whole illusion of choice. They give you yeah. options A and B, but it doesn't matter because they end up the same route, you know. But when things that you do actually like end quest lines and start others and like affect the world, that what is happening? Hang on, Asher. <laughs> I just got jump scared. <laughs> you you got an ad pop up, didn't you? Yeah, but I don't know where it came from. <laughs> It's a, all of a sudden, I heard you and another voice talking at me and music, and I was like, what is happening? It stopped, so I don't know what was going on. You're good now. Now, what were all you right, saying? Right. Uh, just how it's nice to actually have those choices make a, you know, an impact in the world, you know? Yeah. That's what I was finding. That was what intrigued me about it the most, which is probably going to be what makes me come back to it. Because it, it actually says, like, in the description on Steam that each playthrough is unique as the game tailors the story to the player's actions and past choices for an ideal dramatic arc. So, yeah, like, they're cool. really making it to where your choices will actually matter depending on what you're doing. I, I like that. Even if it's, you know, a, a shorter game, the idea that, you know, I want to go through it multiple times because it changes up depending on what I pick. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's going to be short. Like, it feels like it's going to be a decent size. Even better. It's, it's cool, too, because it's like the Wild West, which is almost like a Red Dead yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah. And then you've got, like, the Diablo, and then you've got, like, the the really creepy creatures. So it kind of morphs into horror, like Silent Hill. Like, I think – and there's different parts on the map where, like, you're traveling from location to location – and it can trigger something and you can choose whether or not you go past it or go into it. So like you can go into it and it be like some kind of an ambush from some of these creatures and they're like way overpowered. And you're just like, okay, run away. <laughs> Which happened to me at least once. Like I, I spawned into a thing and like these like werewolf things were there, but they were like level 70 and I'm obviously only like level three at the point. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I yeah. just started. I was like, I'm not fighting these. Are you out of your mind? And I just yeah. just leave. Yeah, get out of there. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool how it'll they're like random encounters almost almost like a pokemon but like when you're traveling from location to location instead of actually like physically traveling like walking across the map or whatever it literally just does like a zoom out of the map and shows like a little thing like the person's moving oh, so it's okay. just like an icon of your face and then you're moving to the next area so it's kind of old school in that kind of feel i like that yeah i mean it still works i need to play some more and then maybe next next week i'll have more to talk about it but I ended up getting sucked into other stuff because I think I already told you about it. I picked up the new Kirby Kirby. I cannot talk tonight, dude. I don't know what's going on. The You're new Kirby game. Mode. <laughs> yeah, and I've been playing that like nonstop. I mean, I, I think I just got to like a volcano kind of area. It's like a lot. It's full of lava and it's a bunch of crazy crap because one of the oh, wow. NPCs that helps Kirby got kidnapped. So I've gone through like five or six worlds already already yeah i'm and pretty I'm, excited to hear you talk about that because my only like interaction with kirby is through uh smash brothers like i've never oh, really? played a kirby game i know of kirby you know but like i've, I've never played a kirby game so it's pretty interesting for me to like kind of hear about that firsthand yeah the the worlds and the level designs in this one are really like really well done a lot of the level it's kind of like you know how you would go to like old school mario and like each different you would basically go through different areas it'd be like a separate world as they would call it yeah it's like all within the same world really but they're like completely changed from like the beginning area right right 
yeah, Kirby's a lot like that too. And this one is like each area is like a completely different. So like the very first world type of areas where he he basically gets sucked in. It has a story to it. So I don't want to go too detailed into it because I'm probably going to do Kirby lore, which I told you <laughs> at some point. Sounds good to me. Which I think would be fun. But it's basically like he gets sucked into a, vor- into a vortex and ends up in a new world, which is why it's called the Forgotten Land. And all those little waddledees from his home world, which are like the friendly people who are being kidnapped by, I think they call them Beastmasters. Okay. Or the beast. It's basically a gang of like animals, of different types of animals, but they're That's like pretty cool. The Beast Pack. That's what they're called. And then you meet a little helper called Elphalin. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go into too much detail on it, but yeah, the mouthful mode that you're talking about is very interesting. There's certain objects in the game. And whenever you, they're like oversized. So whenever Kirby sucks, like them into him he just kind of morphs into that object which it, that just sounds wild like i've seen images of it and stuff but like it still sounds wild you know it's hilarious almost every time i do one like the first one you do is a car so you kind of morph into the car and then you have like a boost and a jump and you're, you're basically the car until you get to the next area so there's one level where you go into it and you're literally like like rally racing as the car, like trying to beat a certain time in order to get one of the little hidden waddle D's to show up so you can free them. I, I like did see, very intricate. I did see pictures of the car, and I think they missed out on a great opportunity to use the uh, silhouette of a Volkswagen. That would have been interesting. That was Kirby the Love Bug. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, so a little Kirby on Kirby, you know, play on words there, I think would have been funny. So that's what it is. It's like he got transported into the real world. Okay. That explains a lot. That's why I like the car and like stuff like that is real. That's I'm looking at the description of it. It literally says Kirby can inhale real world objects and transform them. Oh. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So it's like he gets sucked into the vortex and then like I said, I've gone through like five different worlds. I think so far the third world was my favorite because it's like an amusement park and it has a whole like haunted house section, which is really cool. Because I, I like in order to like maneuver through it, Kirby sucks into like he's basically. I hate saying Kirby sucks because it sounds really <laughs> but he basically it turns into a giant light bulb, and that's kind of how you light the area. Okay, but then you have to be careful too because if you light too long, Kirby moves slower, and also certain enemies will be attracted to the light, so they'll start coming to attack you. So yeah. it's very cool. I could see this have been uh, a 3DS game where you used like a augmented reality so you know you're going through the game and you need a light bulb you know you have to actually like point your camera at a light bulb so that yeah that would have been you know suck that up but like i also could see that being a mobile game too you know but it it sounds cool you know yeah and it's different because all the objects like i said they're within the game world itself so like you get to them you'll see them they'll be shining and then you react with them there's one that's like it looks like a, a gate arch you know, like the archway over like a gate, like say you're going into a garden or something. It's like that yeah, yeah. arch. You interact with that and it basically turns you into a glider. So then it has a whole freaking level of like flying. Oh, okay. I see how that would work. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting because I was like, wow, I never, I was like, I don't know why I'm interacting with this arch right now. But then I realized it was like turning into a flying and he was basically like a kite trying to fly and dodge enemies and stuff, which was cool. Man, the idea of like a game telling you you can interact with something after the last couple games I've been playing is just yeah. so such a foreign idea, you know. And I've been playing it after playing Elden Ring. I've actually been playing it on the harder difficulty level. Oh yeah. And uh, for the most part, I've done it for relative ease until like now that I'm getting into the later parts. Some of the 
some of the spots are definitely getting a little bit tougher. <laughs> but I think one of the coolest things about this one that was never done in a Kirby game before was that all the abilities you get, like in all the ones before you could suck up an enemy and you would get like their ability. So you would get like the sword or you would get like the fire blast or something like that. Well, this okay. one, you could still do that. But then over time, you unlock an area where you can actually evolve the abilities and they become like a stronger version of themselves. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you get blueprints throughout the level. They're all, they're basically hidden. Um, I found most of them. I think there's only one I haven't found yet. I have to actually go back to that haunted house level I told you back in order to get, in order to get that one. And then it'll evolve it. And I've got a couple of them that are evolved times three. And my favorite one's the fire one so far because the third level of it is like dragon fire. So it like turns purple and it shoots a longer flame. And also if you jump in the air and then shoot it, you'll get like wings like a dragon. You'll kind of glide and breathe fire. It's oh, pretty that's, dope. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's really cool how they've done this, where they're evolving stuff and making it more powerful. That that's such a little thing in terms of like games, like uh, being able to upgrade and evolve, uh, you know, and mature your skills or your pets or whatever it is. But like being like, oh man, I don't have to replace my fire breath that I've you know grown to love. I could just make it stronger. I think that's such yeah. a cool thing. And it requires specific in-game items in order to do it. Like there's these like star pieces that you get. But what's cool about it is like you don't find them in the normal levels. After you beat, most of the time after you beat like at least one level, it'll trigger a little bonus side thing that you could do. And that's how you get the little star pieces. So it triggers like a bonus thing. So you'll have like basically a puzzle. It basically becomes an entire like puzzle level that's separate from like the main longer levels and it's basically like trying to figure out the puzzles and doing it if you do it within a certain speed limit then you'll get like extra coins at the end because you need the coins you need a certain amount of coins and then you need the uh the star pieces in order to evolve that that's a good way to do that i think yeah because those those star pieces i just do them every time that pop up because it pops up as almost like an x-shaped portal on the map and then you just go over to it and click on it and you go into the level and then do it that way and then they have different like those have different uh, star ratings depending on how hard they are. Okay. So I think the hardest one I've done so far has been like a star three. Okay. So it's been pretty cool. I think the hardest level I've done so far, I had to run across a bridge and fight every boss that I'd already fought in the game. Oh, like a boss up to rush that mode? Point. Yeah, it was like a boss rush mode, but it was an actual level. Oh, like wow. It wasn't okay. even like a boss level because the boss levels are separate. Like it's literally just a level for the boss. No, it was like an actual level in the game and you had to like go down a bridge to get past all these. Then after you beat that, then you get to the actual like next boss level for that area. That's like a gauntlet. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was interesting. It sucked because when I got to the final part of that one, the final boss rush of that was like two of them. Oh, so wow. now I've been dealing with some Elden Ring crap with like double <laughs> bosses and I'm like, oh, come on. You're getting ridiculous with this. Yeah, we, we didn't make them much harder, but we added another one. Yeah, I didn't find it too hard until I got to one very specific boss, which, like I said, I'll save. I'm not going to spoil it. But that boss, I was playing it last night, and that boss, I was playing, like, nonstop. And then I finally looked at the clock whenever I finally beat the boss, and it was, like, 5.30 in the morning. Wow, yeah. Because I was just laying in bed while my wife was sleeping, playing the handheld, and I lost complete track of time being so frustrated trying to get through that stupid boss. <laughs> when I finally got it, it was 5.30 in the morning. Yeah, that, that's a wild time loss there. That's when you know you're into something, and it's good. Yeah, I was definitely into it. That's probably also why, like, my voice is not <laughs> working out too well for me tonight. I miss speaking a lot. <laughs> it's probably because I woke up or went to bed at 5.30. I think I woke up at, like, 11.45. Yeah, I drank, like, an energy drink. But, yeah, that was mostly what I was playing was it's basically been Kirby since 
I think all of yesterday. And then, like I said, I finally picked up Elden Ring today. I was like, well, I should probably play some Elden Ring because we're doing the Lord of Nights. <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to get that a little fresh. Yeah. So with that, we'll go ahead and segue into Lurdy, the blurb. There you go again. Lyurnia uh-huh. of the Lakes, <laughs> which is the next area of our Elden Ring lore that we're diving into. Oh, yeah. Man, I, I really enjoy this zone. It is it is pretty. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to it. Like, I thought Limgrave was pretty big, and I don't know if it's the way this one kind of stretches. It's it's almost like somebody tried to straighten out the letter C, you know? Yeah. Uh, but there, there's a lot to it, you know? There, there's a whole... The whole central area of this map is... Uh, not underwater it, it's calling it the lakes is a little deceiving because it, it's not deep you can walk through it but it, it's all water and then on either side uh you you've got landmass and and some of it you just can't quite go up into you got to find the pathways up and stuff yeah. other spots it's all you know water level and you can go into but it, it's it's really cool and you know when you when you get here it's right after you've taken care of godric the grafted right. you go through his throne room and you come out and hey you're here you know and it, it it starts out almost looking like limgrave you know the green leaves and everything i agree it starts out almost looking like it's not going to be that big and then it just keeps expanding the more you get out into it yeah you get your fir- first map fragment and you're like oh okay cool and you open up your map and it's like a sliver of the center, you know? Yeah. It's like somebody cut the smallest slice of pizza for you right out of the middle. And they're like, here you go. And you're kind of like, well, where, where's the rest of it, you know? And I actually do, I do have a little description of Learner, which will lead a little more detail to how you were describing it. It's like a, I guess a lore description. It's described as with its shallow waters and vast wetlands, the region of Learnia is beset with a gradual sinking of most of its landmass. With its forest perpetually blanketed in fog, eerie sounds of bells can be heard in the distance. And we will definitely get into those bells because those are some freaking creepy enemies that we didn't mention on our creepiest enemies. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah. how we skipped them. Uh, I think there's a few that we, we skipped. Um, as I was going through things, uh, I totally forgot about worm faces until earlier today. And uh, Ooh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, not a not a fan. So is that in Lyurnia? If it's not, then we'll save it for today. <laughs> no, no, it's not in Lyurnia. Otherwise, I, I'd jump right in on those. But yeah, there's uh, a lot going on in Lyurnia, sublocations too. I went back into Lyurnia today because there was the sublocation that I completely missed and didn't realize it. And that was when I, I was I took down um this, I guess this count kind of counts as uh, what we've currently been playing. I think I told you I took down Godfrey after much frustration. Yep, yep. <laughs> And then I went and I took down Morgoth after like the third, I think on the third try. And I was like, well, this was not nearly as frustrating as Godfrey. But at that point I had upgraded my summons to level five and I was using the, uh, the Lucaria Manor soldiers. Because right, so. my uh, ancestor spirit, which came in clutch on a few earlier bosses, is just struggling against any of these bosses. They like kill him in like three hits, no matter how much I level them up. So I was like, well, that kind of sucks. So I was like, well, let me use someone that has multiple people to distract the enemy so I can get these backstrikes in. And from Borgot, I ended up getting a backstrike in that let me have a critical strike. So that's how I ended. But anyway, oh, that's, nice. not, that's not part of the lore, obviously, because that's for a later area. But yeah, after defeating him, I went back to the round table. And that leader, what's the leader of the round table's name? I can't even remember uh, his name. Sir Gideon Offnir, the all-knowing. Yeah, he tells me to go through a cave to the west of See, this is where I need to write this down because I can't remember the name of the freaking... <laughs> it starts with an L. <laughs> it's a ruins. 
There's a lot of ruins in these games. Um, let me see if I can find it the real hell. quick. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to look it up. I'm sure I can find it on here somewhere. There's a lot of freaking Laskiar ruins. That's it. There you are. The Laskiar ruins. Yeah. So he mentions going to a cave to the west to talk to an Albanoric woman, which the Albanorics is something we didn't mention on Creepy. Yeah, we did because I mentioned the dudes that look like they had no legs and crawl on the ground. That would be the Albanorics. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't call them, them yeah. by their name. Yeah. So you go west of the Laskiar ruins and go through a cave to talk to an Albanoric woman who is supposed to tell you where the second half of Medallion is. Yeah. Which is from killing um, Encha, right? Encha is the one that gives you the first half. Uh, I'm not, I don't remember actually where the first half comes from. I think you loot it in actually, um, oh, uh, Kenneth Heights, Fort, Fort Height. I think you uh, loot it up on top of the roof there. I thought that was for the, uh, to get up into the freaking Altus Plateau. That might be so. There's a few, I think. Yeah, that, that's where I got confused because I was like, There's way too many medallions now. I'm completely confused on what's going on. <laughs> oh, wait, I, I think I'm you not... do get it from Encha. Maybe, maybe. I, I only remember Encha dropping the, the armor and then, yeah, the, you do uh, get the royal remains, the 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 fist weapon. The only reason I say that is because I feel like uh, Gideon mentioned because I clicked on the Encha thing because it says about Encha or whatever, and he's like saying something and then he's like oh and then it triggers the part of finding the other girl but right. it might actually be because i talked to him after defeating morgoth and uh godfrey so i might have got it from one of them maybe as well i'm sorry listeners i am butchering <laughs> this today man i'm all over the place well we could always start where you come into lyernia you know the, yeah, that's one what of the I would first like to do. npcs that you bump into uh, is right outside of uh, Godfrey's throne room when you go through the back uh, entrance, basically, which you can actually skip all of Stormvale Castle if you'd like. There is a side path that you can get up and onto. And really? If you, if you finish up Godfrey or uh, Godric, you go out that uh, that door, you can turn left into Lurierna, or you can turn right, and it'll show you this whole side path to skip Stormvale Castle. You can't use it as a back door because you can't go in the throne room door to right. behind Godric because it's locked until you defeat him. But if you're really struggling with that legacy dungeon, you can go around it. You can go explore other places. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even aware of that. <laughs> that you could well, go around like that. That's pretty cool. But uh, you uh, you meet a ghost as you're coming out that gives you a grape. And you're like, okay, yes. what am I going to do with this? I do remember this now. You walk a little outside, you get a grace, and you find Hayeta, who is a uh, blind woman. And she asks you if you have any Shabriri grapes. Well, you, you just got one. So, you know, you give it to her. And she tells you that it helps her to, to see grace. That helps her on her journey. And she thinks she might want to become a finger maiden, you know? That's how it starts. She gets yeah. very weird. <laughs> yeah, it, and you end up meeting her multiple times throughout Liernia, uh, four times actually, and she asks you every time for a grape. But the thing is, the more you give her these grapes, the more fervent she starts to seem. And yeah. if at any point you actually look at what these grapes are, like you look at them in your inventory and you read about them, uh, they... Uh, 
They, Your eyeballs. They have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a yellow oozing eyeball of the infirm. The surface is shriveled and the inside is squishy, not unlike an overly ripe grape. So gross. Yeah, like the first one kind of looks like a grape, but as you get, you know, more of them, they, they start to look more and more like an eyeball, in, in my opinion. Or maybe yeah. it's just because I know what they are at that point. But yeah, you're, you're feeding this blind woman uh, eyeballs. And uh, eventually you don't find her anymore in Lyrnia. She's moved on to the, another area. But uh, yeah, that's it, it's getting pretty wild there. Now, Shabriri... I, actually, I read um, something interesting about her, though. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know if it's true. It could be a speculation thing. But uh, when you go south from Limgrave and you go down into that bottom area... Uh-huh. Where uh you get the graphic great sword. Yeah, the and you meet that Peninsula. girl and her father. That would be uh Irina. Irina. I've yep. heard that Hayeta is possibly Irina. Um possibly. Uh so like I don't remember how somewhere. much of the uh Weeping Peninsula we covered, but Irina is killed. She gives yeah. you a letter to go talk to her father. When you come back, she's you know, killed, you know, very clearly. And then you can still meet Hyena. So if they're the same person, uh, they've, they've done some, some trickery, but I can see where it can be confusing. Cause I was, you know, uh, looking into a little more of this and, you know, uh, watched a few videos on some things, uh, about like, uh, the, the appearances of the NPCs. Cause there's a fellow out there that has a video that will show you exactly where to put all your sliders and everything to look like npcs they use the same character model yeah maybe that's why people thought that maybe it was like i what's the other one's name irene irena irena (laughs) irene (laughs) close enough (laughs) like maybe maybe they would think that she died or something was brought back yeah maybe i mean mean, that would be interesting that's the only time they reuse a character model for you know an actually named npc so it's possible or Maybe somebody, uh, they just didn't have another model and they're like, well, use this one, you know? Yeah, once there, one's here, nobody will notice. Because they've done that a lot with bosses where they've repeated stuff with bosses. True. So, uh, but all the grapes that you give her are Shabriri grapes. One of the first things you can pick up in the game, like for your like gift at the beginning, is a Shabriri talisman that makes things, uh, I want to say it says it makes things more aggressive towards you. Right. I, I think it actually makes you take more damage, but Shabriri is like the god of like madness in the game or, or an avatar of like madness. All the frenzy spells that like make people crazy and make their eyes go yellow are, you know, uh, reference Shabriri. So she wants to be a finger mating, but, you know, you're giving her these eyeballs and she's starting to go a little crazy. So. That's that's a, a an interesting quest line. It definitely you pop through, get that first grape, give it to her, and kind of keep looking for her throughout Lyernia. Usually, if she's nearby, there's a quote unquote grape nearby. Have you finished the whole quest line? Have I? Yeah. Have you finished it? Uh, let me think. Um, do 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 do. I'm not to... sure because I have some information about it. And uh, I, it does seem like I see where it's coming from now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where no. the uh, the connection between her and the other girl. 
I have done the four grapes in Weirnia. I haven't done the fifth step in her quest line because that involved talking to an NPC that I've never talked to yet. Okay. Or at least uh, interacting with a part of the game I haven't interacted yet. Yeah, it looks like there's one, two, there's two Shab- two Shabri grapes, and then there's fingerprint grapes. Yeah, that, that's when you're getting further in. Fingerprint, you know, along the same lines of Shabriri, um, the the whole like uh, burning it into you kind of madness thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, come back to this whenever you, because <laughs> it's kind of a spoiler. So I don't want to spoil it for you or anyone else. But come back to this, and uh, after reading what I just read, it does actually seem like that it may it does tie into that quest line with Irina directly. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I'm le- I'm leaving it up for. <laughs> I'll have to go do some more exploring on that end. Though. Yeah, so it will it will tie into this lore again later on, and we'll come back to it. So from her initial meeting, if you keep going down the road, you come to another church. Inside there is a friendly mage, uh, Thops, and you know he's a little distraught. You know he's been locked out of Rayo Lucaria, and he will go on to explain to you that the. Uh, sorcerers of rare lucaria have decided to step away from uh the whole world because of the shattering they're just not going to interfere so they've sealed the school off and right. because he was outside and he didn't have a glintstone key he won't get he can't get back in um he can actually sell you some sorceries and stuff but like talking to him will give you some ideas on you know where you might be able to find information on said glintstone key. Uh, he can also give you some information on Selen, who is a sorcerer you may have met in Wimgrave. Uh, when you talk to her, she offers to apprentice you and explains that, you know, she's been banished from Le- Rhea Lucaria and she's considered a graven witch. You know what? And, I don't think I met her. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she's down in um, one of those, like, almost mini dungeons where you go down like below the runes and you open a door and it's a boss fight all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. She's, she's in one of those. Um, I feel like, can you find her again later on? Uh, so yes. Yeah. You, you, you will find her again. Um, at least it looks like her in the weeping peninsula, but there's not a yeah. lot you can do to interact with that character. Until um, I you're killed further along. I killed that character. <laughs> well, good news is you can fix that. In uh, the Lakes of Lyrnia, there's a church where you can absolve yourself by turning in a celestial tear, I think it is. And most NPCs can be revived that way, too. Not all. There are some that if you kill, they're done, you know? Yeah, that's kind of cool. But I I, because I hadn't met her before, I had no idea who it was. And she was just like locked up against the wall. And I was like, well, I'm just going to put her out of her misery. And I just like killed her. (laughs) Uh, I tried to use a torch to, to melt what I thought was ice. And uh, yeah, I uh, <laughs> yeah, which you know, once she there, and once an NPC is angry with you, they tend to stay that way, you know. Yeah, so, that's a mainstay of Dark Souls. Yeah, it it tends to be a common mistake. But uh, Thops actually will uh, he he kind of remarks that it's pretty spectacular that you've apprenticeship and, and even met Selen and how she was expelled, and he thinks it, it's uh, un- unthinkable treatment and that you know that they named her the Graven Witch and cast her out because he doesn't think she would ever do such a thing. Right. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting there is the use of the word Graven Witch. 
because I think we talked about in our last episode uh, about the creepy enemies, the mass of sorcerer masks. Yeah, the Graven. It was called the Graven something. Yeah, uh, Graven School of Witches or something like that. Graven School of Mages. That's it. Yeah, it's the mages. So I'm starting to wonder if Selen wasn't trying to create a like source of magic other than the Glint Stones by merging lesser you know fellow mages into these graven schools like some kind of magical like think tank or battery you know oh yeah like maybe she created the graven right right or at least maybe it was a a forbidden line of like study that she was like no you know i'm gonna i'm gonna look into that anyways so I i really think that she might have to do with some of those graven uh school of mages that you find throughout the world yeah, that would be very interesting if you could find out some more about that. Yeah, as you play and, the game, and then Thops, you um, he explains to you also that a glintstone key, you know, is coded to a person. So, like, once you've used it to enter the academy, you can't pass it off. So he, he basically says, "Hey, if you find an extra key, you know, while you're you're you happen to be inside, you know, the the school, if you wouldn't mind bringing it to me, that would be great." You actually can, and, and he'll go back to the school where he's very cool. happy to, to do his thing. Unfortunately, if you go to find him in the school, he's no longer living. You find his body. You find the spells that he would have sold you. Oh, and, that sucks. And you find his bell bearing. So while he, you know, in the end can get everything he wanted, he doesn't get it for very long. So Yeah, I never found the uh, second key. Like after I finished the area, I went back to him and talked to him. I'd kind mm-hmm. of forgotten about him, which kind of happens with this game. You tend to forget about some of the NPCs. Yeah, yeah. And then I went back to him and like my character tried to give him the original key. And he was like, no, 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 you keep it. So I, was yeah. like, well, I don't really need it anymore because I'm like past this area, but whatever. <laughs> so he, I never found the second key. He's one of the few NPCs that feels like a generally or genuinely like all right person, you know? Yeah. Like everybody else is so busy murdering somebody for this, that, or the other thing, or, you know, trying to swindle you or, you know, uh, it's just, he was, he was kind of a surprise. And then unfortunately, you know, he, he meets his end. Like so many dark souls NPCs do. Yep. Just trying to go back to school, (laughs) murdering his way back to school. So on your way to the, the last gear ruins, did you end up uh, running into a little uh, shy lady wearing all green? I believe I did. She's the one that is looking for something that was stolen from her. Yeah, her necklace. Yes, I did that. I did that quest. Okay. Um, so did you, uh, when you went to get the necklace, uh, I assume you went over to the, the boil prawn shack? Yeah, I, d- I, d- I know you could choose to fight and kill the guy, but I actually choose chose to just like pay for it. Yeah, I, I like buy that. It from him. Yeah, you have your options, you know. Uh, that fellow's name is... Uh, Big Boggart. Apparently, <laughs> he, funny name. <laughs> he refers to himself that way, but apparently, in all the game files, he's only known as the Blackguard. So, yeah. And he showed, you know, how you, the, uh, the new update shows the NPCs on the map and it has like their names. It literally says yeah. Blackguard on the map, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he's an interesting fellow because he's tarnished also. And he used to see the, the light of grace, you know, it guided him. He was always like, why me? Because he's, he's just a criminal like he's just turned his back on everything to just do crime and uh you know eventually you know the 
grace faded and he couldn't see it anymore. Um, he was imprisoned. Uh, that's where he got that mask, that big metal mask. Right. And he could take it off, but he actually enjoys it. He, he thinks that it makes him look intimidating, you know, and uh, helps him kind of get what he wants. So, yeah, he he is a bad guy, but like he just took her necklace. He didn't like hurt her or anything, you know, like yeah, he's not like as bad as and she's not. I mean, let's be honest. She's not exactly the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get into uh, that a little bit later. <laughs> um. But, like, if you choose to buy things from him, you can buy prawns from him. And then he kind of, you know, becomes fast friends because he, he reminds me of uh, Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump, you know, talking yeah. about his shrimp. He's just really into just hanging out in his shack and making prawns. Yeah, and... I like that because he literally says, I never per- I never met a person who likes Shrawn that I couldn't, or Shrawn, <laughs> who likes prawn <laughs> that I couldn't trust. Right, right. Uh, and the prawns are actually great in game because they give you a defense boost for like 30 seconds or 60 seconds or something like, or maybe, right. maybe it's like three minutes. I don't know, but it, it it's a good little way to get a buff that you don't normally get any other ways, you know? But uh, what, what I think is really interesting about him is he, when he was in prison, he had a cellmate that was none other than the loathsome dung eater. Ah, so, the dung yeah, eater who I've it, met, but haven't fought yet. He's one of those tarnished <laughs> that you hear about in the like opening credits of the game, yeah. You know? And uh, because everybody else is like uh, a hero or a, a warlord or a knight, and then it's the loathsome dung eater, and you're like, which is what's like the this? most disgusting name in the game, yeah, yeah. You're like, what's this guy's deal? So, but uh, Boggart will tell you that this guy is just bad news, you know. This is a this is a lifetime criminal telling you that this other guy is not to be messed with, and yeah, like, basically yeah. warned you about him. Yeah, he, he tells you that he would tell him all these things he would do to people and stuff and their bodies and everything. And he like basically like shudders telling the story. Uh, so, yeah, he definitely warned you about it. But it's like some of the first like real lore you get on Dung Eater, which. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And then until like you, I said, meet, you meet Dung Eater later in yes. the uh, round table. Yeah, he just kind of shows up out of nowhere and he throws off. Um, oh, I can't think of the uh, spirit lady. The one that enhances you. Yeah, she warns ashes. you. She says, like, there's something evil or something in the hallway. And she, like, tries to warn you about it. Yeah, she can, like, feel his presence. And it, like, throws her off. So I don't blame her. The dude's freaking weird looking. <laughs> yeah, he is. His armor is, uh, it's reminiscent of the omens. The the ones that had the horns and stuff growing off them. Yeah, the fell omens. Right, right. And if you were not royalty, they had to, like, chop them all off. So... Uh, I don't know if he chose that armor for that reason or what, like they don't really well, he explain talks, that. He talks a lot about being cursed. True. and the, But the, he like enjoys that. Yeah. He is, he's a strange, strange and creepy person. So. Yeah. He only he, gets creepier because you eventually get something and he triggers you with going. That's where I'm at now which is we're not going to go too much into detail, but he triggers you to go back to like the capital area and find his, what's he called? His ethereal form. Yeah. Find him in person because where he is in the, um, uh, the uh, round table hold, he's basically is an invader. He's that red ethereal. It's, it's like a projection kind of. So actually, you know, I never really thought of invaders as anything other than just like a person colored red because game reasons, but maybe it is kind of like an ethereal projection. 
Maybe because oh. whenever whenever you go down the here we go getting ahead of ourselves for further episodes but whenever you go down that volcanic manor quest line and you become the invader and you're invading the other worlds you are that right. same ethereal form and yeah. they're normal looking right so maybe it's like you're projecting yourself into their world and it's not like your actual physical form huh yeah that's interesting that could it's funny these these little war talks how every once in a while they trigger something and you're just like i've never thought about it that way before <laughs> yeah and then you're like well now i'm going like four or five lore episodes ahead but hey <laughs> that's <laughs> how we do there's a reason we're called infinite journeys because i tend to go infinitely in different directions because yeah. of my adhd <laughs> right but i do think that going back to the dung eater the part that's creepy is when he's like i could kill you and defile your corpse like he literally yeah. just says that to you <laughs> i mean he, he's he's straightforward and honest at least yeah, I'm like, I'll give him that, but I'm like, nah, that's that's okay, dude. I don't need you to follow my corpse. I have enough trouble with the finger creepers, which we're going to get into <laughs> this episode as well. Well, for Takaria Manor. Why don't we move up to Takaria Manor for a little bit? Because I'm I'm looking at our time. We're we're coming up on an hour here. Yeah, I noticed that. I have about four times as much stuff just on the academy itself as the things I've already talked about. Like I, I could, I could easily go another hour, an hour and a half on just the academy. I think I should have just done another episode where I just let you do the lore and I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just pitch in. Well, it was, it was really exciting to get to this zone because you know Limgrave is your starting area and it, it's kind of like teaching you a lot of things and and there's stuff, but it, it's kind of scattered about. It's 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 laying the groundwork and then you get here and they're like, all right, here's some meat on that bone, you know. Especially right. when I when I get to like Rio Lucaria and and there's just the oh, there there's so much you know different like lines of magic in the school and like uh, almost like uh, subject courses and stuff and why this thing is there and you know who this person is and stuff like I, I was able to really get a lot of that stuff with this one so yeah well, it, as you did because I remember telling you specifically I wanted to cover Cario Manor because I hadn't gone there yet and I was mm-hmm. like I wanted to know the lore of this place. And I really did not find much. Well, like I, I talked to a ghost in the beginning that was talking about Ronnie. Okay. Which is the witch, right? She's the witch that uh, comes to you in the beginning of the game. Yep. And I think when she first talks to you, she says her name is Renna. Yeah. She tells you, I got a little ahead of myself. She tells you that she's Renna, but after you've gone through the Karya Mana, you eventually find her again. And then yes. she tells you who she really is, and you can like go into her servitude, kind of like you do with a lot of the other quests. Basically, like the uh, what are they called in Dark Souls? Uh, what? Oh, oh, uh, like factions? Covenants? Yeah, they're they're basically like factions. They're called something else in Dark Souls, but it's essentially the same thing. <laughs> I think it varies between games because, like Dark Souls Three, they're called covenants. So yeah, that's what they are in Dark Souls One as well. Okay, covenants. okay, and that's basically what these are. It's like different covenants with different factions of people that you can join within the game yeah yeah but uh, i think that's mainly what karia manor was was like her area yeah so um do you know who her her mother is ronnie's mother uh it is the main what the frick is her name it's renalia renalia okay i thought it was the girl that broke the ring uh no we talked about last episode america yeah i thought she was the mom of so, so there is a little bit of connection there. Um, Renalia was with uh, Godfrey. Okay. And then, uh, wait, I might have that back. 
No, I think you're right because Renala Renalia is the the uh, the leader of the academy area that you're getting yeah. to, right? Yeah, so, she so, was married to Godfrey. I'm, I I'm I just don't remember <laughs> if it was she was married to Merica and and Renalia both were married to Godfrey at one point. I just don't remember which one was first. Um, but that was one of the things. There, there's a, a, a crossbow I never found in the game, but I, I'm looking for uh, that I, I ended up coming across in, in my reading that was there to like celebrate the union of the uh, school and the Golden Order because you know Godfrey and Renalia, you know, coming together. Um, and that's actually um, the Carrion Knights. They, they've their yes. shield and their whole armor and everything is in the game. So they're interesting because their numbers were uh, 20 or less at like any given time, but they were considered to be a strong enough fighting force that they could stand against the golden order pretty easily. So they kind of have like almost this like 300 kind of vibe. Um, and their shield mentions something about how they, uh, their shield was set up to be able to um, turn away both magical and faith-based attacks and then it has like a little line at the bottom like who were they preparing to fight uh it sounds like uh you know Caria manor um which was you know uh the royalty that established uh i think established the the rea lucaria schools uh was ready to kind of fight everyone at some point like they, they had the carrion knights in their back pocket to be like hey we're well, we need to be able to protect ourselves you know and that's also where you end up having the boss fight of Royal Knight Loretta. Yeah. Oh, she, which she's is pretty a cool insane. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, uh, I looked it up real quick. Renala was actually married to Radigan. Radigan. Not Godfrey, apparently. Which Radigan, as we know, is Merica. Oh, after yeah. She split herself in half. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And then, Man. so she's just. Her little thing is Renala is the last carrion queen imprisoned in the Grand Library. Still distraught over Radagon's departure, she obsesses over rebirth and her scholars will protect her at all costs. But beware should you witness the true power of the full moon queen. That's right. And it, it's it's because that's why uh, Ronnie is, you know, powerful at Imperian is because, you know, her father is uh, a, a, a god you know yeah but it's basically america <laughs> yeah so just split in two which is still the weirdest thing which we talked about the last episode it's like yeah america's was... like i'm gonna split myself in two sleep with myself and have children and my other half of myself is also going to sleep with ranala and have children <laughs> so yeah like... I, I have wondered about that with the like the, the america and radigan thing was it was it like actually having children or was it more like that you know uh, what was the mythos where they sprang forth from his head uh it was one of the, the god mythos you know in our world uh maybe it's... it's it's like that in diablo too yeah it's all right uh is it Odin? It's it's the one that has. Uh, hey, it doesn't. It's it's not pertinent to this, but uh, yeah, I, I wonder often if it's you know whether they were actual birth children or if they were kind of created from them, you know. Right. But yeah, uh, Caria Manor is you know that family's stronghold, basically. You know, like you know Heights Fort and stuff, um, and, and that's kind of Ronnie's base of operations now. Um, where she has her her cohort of people. Did you want to talk about any of the the people with Roddy? Um, actually, there is somebody else also in the manner that you meet, which is Pitya, 
the oh, uh, Karian yes. servant, and he's another Albanoric. I I absolutely forgot about them. I actually did a little reading on them earlier, and uh, I don't know how I wouldn't have figured any of this stuff out if I hadn't read it from them, because uh, they they seemed like a drop in the the bucket to me. Like, uh, oh hey, here's a little uh, a vendor, you know? Right. But they're a lot bigger of a player than I knew. Yeah, I don't. I, he doesn't give you a whole lot in the beginning, but I know that he is a servant of the uh, Karian royal family. So he would yeah. tie directly into them in that way, is that he was their servant. Right, right. But what I find interesting is that he calls you wor- like his worship, almost like you're his leader whenever you meet him. I, I, I wonder a lot if it's not just a uh, uh, built into servant kind of thing where they're like, well, I'm going to refer to everybody this way because if I call the wrong person, you know, sir, instead of my lord, am I going to be beheaded? Right. Yeah, because he's creating the puppets. He yeah. Creates a puppet. Do you fight any of the puppets in the freaking game? I can't remember. Uh, I, I don't think I, do. I don't think so but you know like i said there's some stuff that i read that i didn't find out in the game that like definitely uh is a surprise with some quest lines and everything you know yeah apparently apparently i have some dialogue this will tie into into this section which i haven't triggered this dialogue because i haven't purchased everything from him right but apparently if you purchase everything from him you actually will get a dialogue option where it literally says, ah, I'm sorry, your worship, but poor Pitya has given all he has. I can't be of further use to you. Please forgive me. Please find it in your heart. Forgive me. And I guess it triggers something where he gets attacked by the puppets. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I wonder if there's a, a spot where you can summon in there. Because uh, you can buy puppet summons from, uh, uh, what is his name, Selvius? Oh, really? Yeah. Um I, I, you have to do like a little bit of a quest for him. You have to deliver a potion, um, a concoction, and then he'll let you pick a uh, a, a puppet. And uh, actually, that's it ties in a little bit with selling. Um, and if you there's a <laughs> we're going a little all over, but there's a vendor when you enter the school, Rhea Lucaria, that you can walk to and one of the notes you can buy uh, comments on how uh, uh, Preceptor Selvius, you know, has a secret in his, uh, uh, the basement of his you know, runes or his tower and the Graven Witch is often seen visiting him there. The Graven Witch being Selen. Interesting. So if you go to his tower, there's an in, uh, not an invisible floor, uh, illusionary floor. So you can either attack it or roll onto it, and it'll clear away the stairs going down into a basement. And there's these almost like stasis, uh, like guys that look like they're in like stasis. These are right. his puppets. Uh, apparently, he kind of like takes them out like on a ride and like can control them remotely. Uh, That's so creepy. But- <laughs> Along the back wall is another illusionary wall. I don't remember if there's like an off-color torch or if there's like a texture that's weird or something there. But if you attack that, um, there's a uh, Selen puppet back there. Yeah, see, I haven't even found any of that, so I didn't know about it. Yeah, and I don't remember how you trigger Selen's quest line, but uh, she at a certain point gives you her uh, essence in like a glintstone. 
and wants you to go and put it in the puppet so she can have like a new body. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess the the uh, Pidia actually has his own quest line. So like after you return to Randy and do the quest for the Finger Slayer blade, mm-hmm. you like either give it to her or betray her or whatever, then you return to him to complete his quest line. So maybe that's where the puppet thing came in. Oh, interesting. Okay. After you complete that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy running around Karia Manor. Uh, too many finger spiders, and then uh, just a, a lot of things that were tough for me at the time, you know. Right. Uh, so I never went back there. I, I always just, you know, used a grace to travel up to Roddy. So. Yeah, I've currently been. I haven't finished it yet, but I've been trying to do that. The Celibus's uh, quest line, where he tends me, he sends me to give a uh, potion mm-hmm. to Nefeli Lou, and apparently that ties into pity as well. If okay. he dies, you'll get a different puppet depending on what you do in that quest line. <laughs> so, I don't know how you would know this. Um, well, yes, reading item description. So, in Lyrnia, there's the four belfries, which three of them portal you to another place in the game. Right. Uh, One of them, I think, portals you directly to the academy. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, I, the, the one I'm thinking of it actually sends you back to the what everybody thinks of as the tutorial fight with the the grafted scion. That oh, really? Murders you? Yeah. My goodness, I need to go back into Liurni and explore a lot more because apparently I'm missing a lot of crap. So it portals you in on the other side of that. You go through, you fight that thing, you take your revenge out, you get this the loot. You can head back to the very starting area where you know your finger maiden is already dead and everything. There's another door there that's now open, and it gives you two spirit ashes. One is a actual spirit ash you can summon, which is a stormhawk, and then the other gives you a stormhawk key item. Uh, it says something along the lines of, you know, uh, should be given to or would only respect like a true ruler of the lands or something like that, right? Right. Well. In the opening, you know, scenes when it's going through all the Tarnish, you know, Gideon and Dung Eater and everybody, a gold mask. One of the Tarnished is the the uh, leader of the Badlands, Hora Lu. Nefeli's last name is Lu. Yes, it is. Yeah, and Gideon's her uh, adopted father. So you can actually give her those Stormhawk ashes, the key item one, instead of the potion. Oh, I know who she is now. She's at the freaking round table. Yep. And she'll will help you. She also helps you fight Godric. Yep. And she okay, actually, I know who she is, man. You you can find her at the uh Albernic uh area. The, the, the village? One that's, yeah, the one that's like a ghost town now. Yeah, I went there because I had the first boss fight that I really had trouble with at the time, which was that weird goblin looking thing that breathes fire at you. Yep. Yeah. If you talk to her on the way in, you can summon her for that boss fight too. Interesting. I don't think I did that. Yeah, I think there, I talked to her, but I don't think I summoned her. There's actually almost every boss fight has a summon that you can like set up for it. You either just need to have not killed them yet, or you need to have interacted, you know, this or that point. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember the first one for uh, Morgoth had that sorcerer guy, and I hadn't even met him yet, but I was still able to summon him. Yeah, and then I met uh, him after Roger, and I, I think that's the first time you meet him. You meet him again in uh, the Stormvale Keep, and then you'll meet him again oh, yeah, at the round table. But you you won't meet him 
anywhere before that. You you can summon him for uh, Margaret. So yeah, I think I I think I met him in the castle. I think is yeah, the castle it, the castle is after Margaret or is it before Margaret? It's after. Okay, so Mar- yeah, Margaret's I, like guarding the gate to the castle. Yeah, so I was able to summon him in without knowing who he was, and then met him like right after <laughs> going yeah. through the castle on the way to Godric. Yeah, he, he's he's interesting. I like him. He he seems like a good guy too. But there's definitely something going on there. I feel like there's something going on with every NPC that you encounter. Like there's yeah. always something going on, something behind the the scenes that you just don't know about yet. Yeah, especially the uh, the one, and this is going off topic a little bit again, but the one that's like the hunter of the red fingers. Oh, uh, that helps you in Warchibar the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. There's something to him too, which I'm intrigued to see where that goes later on. Yeah. Um. Actually, if you talk to him and did uh uh the Bloody Finger Narius in Wimgrave in Wiernia, you can meet him. So when you warp into Rhea Lucaria, you use the gateways. Right. It pops you into like a crossroads. And if you turn around, there's the sigil of the gateway. I've always interacted with that and warped back through. You don't have to. You can walk through it and walk down the broken bridges. So down one way is a merchant and down the other way is a red summon spot where you can go in to uh, the Bloody Finger Hunter's world and help him fight someone and progress his quest line. I wonder if he's going to turn on me, though, since I'm going down that Volcano Manor quest line now and basically his enemy. Um, I don't know, because you, you may have gotten far enough to fight a person that's later in his quest line. So Interesting. Yeah, I think he's one of the ones that's kind of like a, a sub, sub, sub quest. <laughs> There's so, a lot of those, too. <laughs> yeah, like you can mess up his quest line pretty easily, I think. I may have already done that, then. Or you can do like I did at the very beginning when I was like, man, I want your helmet. And I killed him, and instead I got his sword. And I used that sword to beat the game the first time. So, I mean, I I kept it with me through, like, most of the game. So Yeah, I was wondering if he would have been, like I said, with the Volcano Manor, because you're essentially killing other Tarnished. Right. And I was originally wondering if the other Tarnished that you're killing were all going to be people from the round table. But that does not appear to be the case. That would have been interesting, though. So with the Volcano Manor, you're actually a Recusiant. Whereas with, um, if you do Vare's quest, the guy you first meet when you come out of the crypt, like the one that uh, tells you you're Maidenless. The one that's wearing a creepy mask. Yeah, you can meet him again in Liernia, and he'll give you, uh, you know, some things to do. And I did meet him. He he gives you the first multiplayer thing. Yeah, if you use that enough, uh, he gives you like five, you use like three or four of them. He'll again be like, "Hey, I know you like doing this. Do you want a uh, more um, not manageable, an easier way to do this, more repeatable something?" Uh, and he sends you to get the blood of a maiden. Now you don't have to kill a maiden; you can find a dead one and kind of right. dab her blood on this cloth, um, and that'll actually make you intersect with another part of Hyetta's quest, the blind. That's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, you go back to him give him the cloth he's like hey you did great let me see your finger and then he proceeds to break your finger multiple times <laughs> hence and, the uh, fingers that you find the curled fingers yep and then you get a permanent reusable uh invasion finger interesting it's actually one of two you can get you can get one through the volcano manor as well but uh 
Narius then, you know, goes on to explain that, you know, he's part of the Bloody Fingers. Uh, did I call him Narius? I meant Vare. And yeah, I think you did you call him Narius. An item to be able to uh, basically ask for a audience with the uh, the Lord of Blood, and it'll portal you to another place. Which is funny because when you can go do that, like you can do Vare's quest line, and, and you can you activate it and get portaled there. It is way higher level than you probably are in Lyernia. So oh yeah, it, it's another one of those like yeah, you can go do this. You yeah, because the volcano manor is kind of leading towards that as well, I believe. Uh, I think so. Because I feel like they've mentioned the Lord of Blood at Volcano Manor. Yeah, well, so I wonder if it doesn't all tie into him eventually. Uh, Gideon probably told you that the uh, Lord of Volcano Manor is uh, Rikard, which yes. is one of the shard bearers. So I think yeah. that's the boss I'm going to go after next, or at least uh, attempt that, to. That's a good fight. Because I know the next area I'm technically supposed to go to is the freaking Mountain of the Giants or whatever, but I'm like, ah, there's some bosses I want to fight first. And I think Rykard is one of them. Yeah, it, it, Rykard is a good fight. But anyway, we're not, we're not here to talk about Rykard. I keep no, going no. on topic throughout no, the entire episode. Well, it's, we, we, we've covered a good bit of Lyernia. Like I said, we, we haven't touched the school at all. And then there's a couple outlier regions. Like we didn't go too much into the, the four belfries. Yeah, we and did get we, into the three sisters because that's what, where we mentioned Randy. Yeah. And that's after you go through Cargan Manor. Mm-hmm. And then you fight uh, Royal Knight Loretta, which is an insane fight. She basically rides a horse and uses a bunch of magic. <laughs> it's kind of like an upgraded tree sentinel. Yeah, and you know what? I skipped um, right before her, there's like one of those giant trolls and a couple enemies on the stairs, but you can actually get, take the left path and you can just bypass them completely. Yeah, <laughs> which is what I did. That's something to never forget about is there's usually a way to get around some of that stuff, especially in Elden Ring. Um, you know, you're going to be getting into, you know, like the, the capital, you know, well, you're in Waynedale right now, but the, yeah. there was definitely a main gate you could have gone into. Or you can go around uh, Stormvale. You can ask the guy Gostic to open the main gate, or you can go around the side path. Uh, yeah. One of those is much more painful than the other, but it's quicker. the main gate. <laughs> so, because eventually I went back through through the like behind the main gate because there's items down there that you want to yep. pick up, and that was just as painful. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't come through here <laughs> originally. I would yeah, just I, got annihilated. I opted for that on New Game Plus, and I still like. I had to definitely do some serpentine maneuvers to get through there. Uh, but like, it took me like five minutes to get to Godric instead of, you know, the, what hour it takes to like really go through Stormvale. Yeah, Cause you got so, a lot to go through in Stormvale if you take the other path. Yeah. It's, it's like two rooms worth of guys and Hey, you're there. So. Yeah. I mean, we've already gone over an hour, but I still wanted to get into the Academy I mean, I've like I said, I couldn't find much aside from Pitya and his quest in a little bit that we talked about there. And then the little bit of Karya Manor, like I really didn't get much out of it except that it was like the Royal Manor. So yeah. I'm assuming it's where Renal. I actually think it could be where Renalia, mm-hmm. like maybe that's where they lived originally. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, now she's in the library. Yeah. Because Renalia is carrying uh, royalty. Uh, blood one. Yeah. Royalty. Yeah. So that that's that's where they come from and everything so and like and it it makes sense because of what you were saying earlier where they were like very well defended to basically take over 
because yes. of the size of like their kind of army. So it makes sense that that Royal Knight Loretta is there because she's extremely powerful. Yep. Yep. And actually when you're going in the car, man, if you're not careful, she's a, apparently all those arrows is like magical arrows. there flying at you or actually her shooting you from afar. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know where they were coming from originally, but then I found out it was actually her defending the place to keep people from getting in there. Yeah. We, you know, we almost uh, forgot about uh, on your way up there, um, right before you would hit that spot where EG. the arrows are raising out. EG, he's a uh, part of uh, Ronnie's cohort, you know? Yeah. Uh, I completely forgot about him until you like started to mention. I was like, oh, yeah, he's uh, one of the blacksmiths you can encounter in the game, but he's also her. Uh, Oh, what does he call himself? It's like her administrator, basically. Yeah. <laughs> He's like her right-hand man. Yeah, it, it actually sounds like they were like childhood friends. Yeah. Um, He's the one that uh, Blythe tells you about after you take care of Darwell. He says, if you find yourself in Lyrnia and you're heading this way, you know, seek out EG, you know, the blacksmith. And, and EG kind of chuckles that, you know, Blythe sent you here. And he, he warned you about going any further towards the manor that, you know, it, it is unsafe for travel sure because is, of that, the magic arrows. Those figure creepers will climb all over you and go <sighs> in every hole and crevice. <laughs> yeah. No, I hate those things. I don't know why those are there. Like, I, I don't understand those at all up there. But the... um all the like soldiers you fight uh, as far as i know those are like magical traps because they're not yeah. there until you hit certain points on the like walkways and bridges yeah and when i remember i messaged you earlier in the week and i was like screw caria manor uh-huh it was at that part because there's one of those like rampart slash walkways that you go into and there's like two or three in that spawn in front of you and the four or five of them spawned behind you yep and there was yeah. just so many of them. It took me forever to get through that because there was just too many of them and I kept dying. <laughs> it was really ticking me off. Yeah, and they, and they like you can't like walk up and like trigger a few of them, you know? Like, no, you, that's you what have I thought. to get to the end point before yeah. they all trigger. And it doesn't let you like spawn one, lure it out. No, the second one sees you, they're all showing up. So you have the grafted blade, which is a legendary weapon. Yes, I do. Did you find the legendary armament in Karia? Uh, depends on what it is. I the found a sword shield. of night and flame. No, I did not find that. Or I think it's called the sword of night and flame. It, I don't think I found that. It's a, a long sword uh, that has two. It, with a lot of long swords, when you use your ash of war, it like puts you in a different stance. Right. And you can do I'm... a regular attack or a heavy attack to like do either you know this kind or that kind of swing out of it. Yeah, I've seen YouTubers use that sword. Yeah, it's. It's an incredibly powerful sword. It it has a pretty hefty stat requirement. Like you need to have twenty five faith and twenty five intelligence to use That's it. That's where my issue is because when I respect, I have like no faith and no intelligence, and it's all towards the strength, so that I could use the grafted great sword. Right. So my right. strength is like forty three or something like that, or forty. But that is an incredible sword. Um, if you were looking for something to to like hunt for, that's definitely worth going to get. It depends on where it is, because I may have picked it up, because I explored that area pretty thoroughly. So I might have picked it up, and I just don't remember. Well, if you walk through the main gates, um, there's a, another archway that's got hands up on it and, like, a fountain. Right. Like, to the right of that fountain is a door that you can see through the bars. You can see that there's a legendary item, because it's got that, like, almost golden glow to it. I'll have to go back and check just to... Ugh. 
Do I really yeah. want to go back though? <laughs> like, finger creepers well, again. Well, and that's the thing. To get to it, you have to like drop down a cliff and like traverse this and like jump a gap and go across some ramparts and jump another gap and then go down a ladder because that door only opens from the inside. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I got. I probably didn't get it, Dave, because what you just sounded sounded extremely complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so there's so much. Uh, you you were fighting a crucible knight earlier. And I mentioned that oh, yeah. that's like the fourth one you could fight. I've so still yet to kill him. One in the Everjail, uh, in Storm uh, Storm Hills. It's south of Stormvale. Which apparently I missed. I've it, done it, a lot of Everjails, and apparently I didn't find that one. So I need to go back and do that too. Yeah, that whole like little section of that that side, most people don't go over to. There's actually a Godric soldier spirit ashes over there too. Okay, so I have um, been over there. How the heck did I? Because I have the Godric Soldier Spirit Ashes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I did uh, kill it, then. Maybe. And then there's the there's one that you can fight in Stormvale Castle. You have to like jump over a ledge and traverse the outside of the castle, and then drop down on a couple of rocks, and then one of them breaks underneath you, but it basically creates a like stop point so you don't die from fall damage. Right. And then you have to fight that thing on like the side of the cliff on the side of the castle. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, if you one of the four belfries um, takes you to the uh, underground city, but it's it's a spot you can't get to from the underground city and you can't get to the underground city from it. All you can do is drop down, you know, into a spot where you get to fight a crucible knight. So there's that's a handful I'm, of them you can run into. That's what I need to do, I think, currently as well, is get to the underground city. The, or the eternal city or whatever the heck it's called, the Kron. Uh so there's a couple of cities down there. There there's the Eternal City, I think the Everlasting City, the City of Night. Holy crap, I didn't realize there was so many. What the, is the, the one that Ronnie sends you on? I think is the Eternal City. I think so. I That's think the so. one I need to find. I haven't figured out where it's at yet. <laughs> or how to uh, get to it. That one is locked behind a boss. You can't access that until you beat a certain boss. Okay. Um, but uh, shoot, uh, Crucible Knights. Do do do. Oh, um, so w- one thing to dip into with Ray Lucaria is you know they have their soldiers, the Ray Lucarian soldiers, um, that uh, have the uh gotten the the nickname of the cuckoos i don't know why i, yeah, I was wondering find that any too. reason it's the first time um, i thought of a cuckoo was final fantasy <laughs> the yeah. bird things right um which i i thought was kind of interesting that that like that's that's a name like why would they go with that um but they're pretty much given free reign to raise free reign to wage war however they want to you know uh their senior soldiers don't exactly wield magic but instead they'll throw uh glint stones that are infused with a spell so you might see them throw a uh a little blue rock down at the ground or at you and then it bursts into three glint stone pebbles which kind of seek you out so the soldiers themselves and the knights uh, or I'm sorry, the pages and soldiers, they're part of the school, but not exactly. Whereas once you become an actual knight of the cuckoo, they teach you how to infuse your sword with magic and sometimes your shield. Interesting. Um, but because they were kind of given, you know, free reign to as long as the, the school is safe, do whatever you want kind of thing. 
Um, some of the uh, uh, scholars wanted something they had a little more control over, and that's where you see the marionettes. The the like uh, it's like the a cage with things. like yeah, the, their body is a cage and their arms are just you know like a puppet or a mar- um. That makes what? more sense. What if they are the puppets? That could be, yeah. Because um, that actually kind of makes sense now. And they have a number of those they've created, you know, for whatever tasks. There's the spear ones, the sword ones, archers. I hate um, the freaking archers. There's some that you'll find in odd places, like in Kalid around Celia, which is a like sister school. Uh, but they'll throw like magic uh, bombs at you. Yeah. And then there's the avian uh, uh, puppets or marionettes, which I, I dislike those. Uh, I have ashes I, for them. Yeah, I I don't like anything that flies in the game, basically. Bats, you know, even marionettes, yeah. <laughs> storm hawks. Eh, I have a sword. I don't have, I don't have a, you know, anti-air gun. And the marionettes are creepy, too, because when you're walking around, when you're going through that lake area, they're just kind of floating from what almost looks like a balloon upside down. They'll just drop on top of you. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they're very herky-jerky, like, they'll throw out, like, a couple of oddball, like, stabs, and then yeah. they, like... They, they like spark and sputter and then they like go into overdrive mode and you know god if if a couple of the archers start shooting you that's why you i know, hate the archers <laughs> yeah they'll fill you with arrows real fast and if they miss or like like you manage to dodge enough of them then they actually go almost go into a stun state and they fall over and it'll give you a couple of free hits yeah that that is nice that they they have their uh cooldown period almost yeah, but those things are definitely... I'm surprised we didn't mention them in the creepiest enemy because the first time I encountered them, scared the crap out of me. Well, uh, they have like four arms like Goro from Mortal Kombat and they're just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing with the, the creepy list. Like, I, I, I almost felt like I struggled at first, but then every time I pick the game up and start playing, I'm like, oh yeah, that thing's creepy. <laughs> it's like yep, everything. <laughs> oh, that's creepy too, you know? Yeah, it's like so. everything in the game is creepy. So, like, I still have the conspectus to cover. Uh, I have the uh, Wazuli School, the uh, Marriage, um, what happened with the students, and why uh, Renalia is locked up. Uh, Go into that. Okay. You can skip some of this stuff, but we were already talking about Renala, so let's, to try and stay on topic, let's cover... Like the marriage, or I think the marriage ties into that too, right? Uh, a little bit. So, or the marriage of her and Radagon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Radigan left uh, Renalia for Merica, right? Yes. And he left her the great rune in amber. So she kind of obsessed with that for a while, and uh, the red wolf of Radigan, you know, like a loyal hound, also stayed behind. You know, he. I, it's unclear whether or not you know Radigan left the the hound behind or not, or if it just stayed. You know, because hey, this was my master's home, kind of thing. I'll tell you what, he, that thing was a pain I, when I, I first fought. <laughs> That thing was a wild fight. It does not stop moving. No, that thing is nuts. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, that's there. Um, but the students uh, eventually decided to overthrow Renala. And I think it has to do with her obsession over the uh, Great Rune, you know? Um, Interesting. So there's a lot of belief that she wants to try to resurrect her daughter 
Ronnie, who I don't think she realizes is still around or she doesn't realize what exactly happened. And you find this stuff out much later, uh, what happened to Ronnie. Um, but she kind of just locks herself away. and is really obsessing over that. And the school is like, all right, well, the, the ring shattered, the golden order is in shambles. Our, you know, headmistress is, you know, uh, just, you know, doing nothing, but, you know, obsessing over this Amber, we need to take the school back for ourselves. So to keep herself safe, she has locked herself in her grand library with her, uh, basically her immediate understudies, the, the ones that are like crawling around on the floor underneath yeah, that's, her. That's what I thought it was. And then I heard from somewhere that it's actually copies of herself. <laughs> uh, that could be. So a lot of the stuff that's going on in there isn't even Renalia's doing. They're defensive magics that Ronnie put in place to keep her mom safe. Because she's kind of, she's kind of almost an invalid at this point because she's so just keyed in on that amber that she coddles and holds. You know? Yeah, that's why the first part of the fight is like nothing really. Right. Because she doesn't really do fighting back. You just kind of take out her little copies to draw her down and then attack her. But she doesn't, I mean, she does attack. She has obviously a moveset, but it's like you can relatively dodge that easily. It's not until the second stage where she becomes a bit of a pain for people. Right. And, and a lot of it's thought that that's not even actually her, but it's it's like a uh, pre-programmed like spirit from Ronnie to like, you know, this is her mom and this is the spell she would cast and things she would do. So. Oh, that would be interesting. That was actually a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that's a really interesting uh, one. And it's it's neat to see how like one faction can have so much where it's, you know, kind of folding over itself to like, oh, we, you know, we don't like this. We're going to betray that. But she's going to lock herself away. But, you know, it, there, there's a lot of folds in that one. Yeah, because I didn't even realize that she chose to lock herself away. I thought she was just basically in prison. Excuse me, in prison there. Oh, she she's just she's so keyed on keyed in on perfecting rebirth. So yeah, and she didn't want them to take her amber away. You know, it's the last thing she she doesn't have a daughter anymore. She doesn't have her husband anymore. You know, he's left, and you know her daughter's dead. So it's all she has left. That's pretty crazy. It's kind of sad too. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about it? Like dark and tragic. Yeah, it's it's very souls like it, it it just doesn't end well, like yeah, almost does, everything. I was gonna say it does seem like an Elden Ring, or like I said, I haven't really played much of Dark Souls anymore. I'm mainly focused on Elden Ring, but it does seem like everything is like not much hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A very like dark universe for sure. I mean that's that's the high points to Rhea Lucaria. Uh I mean, there's a lot going into, you know, the d different conspicuous, you know, you find the d stone masks, each style is actually like a different lineage of magic in the school. Oh, like see, I didn't know that either. Is. I have yeah. picked up two or three masks, but I didn't know they actually tied in it. Okay, let's talk a little bit about that, because that's actually interesting. Yeah, so let me see here. Uh, oh, uh, which one is it? So uh, Carlos conspectus. Uh, that's the oldest lineage of study in the school, and it's more about comets 
than it is about the stars because that's that's the thing with the Rio Lucaria is that their magic they they glean from the stars. You know, the glint stone is to them. You know, bits of star fall into the ground. Right. Um, and they um, that's where well, what is his name? The the big spell everybody likes to show off is Comet Azur. Maybe that's his name, Azur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's actually a student of uh, Carlos, like one of you know the original Carlos Conspectus, like the guy that started this like train of uh, uh, learning. He's one of his first students, but he ends up to go on to uh, really refine their comet spell into Comet Azur and and make it you know the like super powerhouse it is, but he is also expelled from the school uh sealed away even i think uh wait no that's like the they other like to one spell a lot of people from this school. <laughs> yeah uh lucette is the other mage that's sealed away uh but both lucette and uh azur are expelled yeah it's it's one of those things where they they people get too much power you know yeah or they so, veer from the path that they directly want you to take and then they're like you're gone right uh, where like the Olvinius, uh, they study meteors. I don't know why they chose to separate comets and meteors. I know technically they're two different things, kind of like la- lava and magma. Yeah. But like, why choose to study them separately? Um, whereas the the twin stage conspectus were their elites. They were the ones that were permitted to study all areas of sorcery. So they didn't just have to like stick to their one, you know, glint stone or, or you know, gravity or whatever. Um, they also would uh, delve into some of the carrion, which is the more sword and shield kind of magic, you know, the uh, enchanting your blades and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the uh, Lazuli, they specifically studied carrion sorcery and they believed the moon to be equal to the stars. Which it kind of goes back to like fighting Renalia uh, when she does that big moon spell. She like turns into a moon and launches it at you. Yeah, it's pretty uh, crazy. Eventually, Ronnie gives you a dark moon spell, which is like just a slightly stronger version of that, basically, it has higher requirements and everything. But, you know, for these guys, that for them to think that the moon is equivalent to the stars, which, you know, the college. Uh, sort of uh, uh, idolizes and uh, reveres the stars. You know, for them to think the moon is just as powerful was a little crazy. But they're right. like, hey, you're you're still you're still with us and still learning the magic and everything. So they uh, they kind of let them do their thing. But that's that's why they don't have uh, a like head like the the Carlos and the Ovinius, they, they have like an actual like head of that like lineage. Uh, Twin Sage, I can't remember what the head there is, but uh, the the Lazuli, they, they don't have an actual like head to their studies. They just kind of like, oh yeah, this is a, a school, you know? Does that tie into why some of them have like the double-headed mask? Yeah, each They're, one like, of those masks the... is a, a, a type of the, the, the lineage. That's so, pretty cool. I would have uh, never see Asher. This is why you're on here because <laughs> I would have never figured that out. Well, and then so there's there's the uh, the two named ones. Then the uh, Lazuli, the Twin Sage. So that's four. Then there's the fifth one, which I think is the Battle Mage. 
uh, which is like got a bit of like obsidian in the top and it looks like more like an old man. Uh, those are the ones that they were like, hey, look, you're going to go out into the world and it's a dangerous place. So you have access to all the schools of magic. You learn whatever you want to learn. Uh, you can even delve into some of the more, you know, uh, unsavory things. Just don't get into the grave and magic. Right. You know, I fought a I fought a battle mage in one of the Everjails and got his at his uh, summoning ashes. Battle mage Hughes. Yep. yep. I wonder if is he tied into that as well? Uh, yeah, he he's part of that school. If you like look at his ashes, he'll be like a a you know bigger kind of rosier cheek you know yeah uh, face, and he's his the top of his head is flat because that's that like a well, not flat it's it's smooth because that's that obsidian it's not the rocky stones also any of these um uh headgear when air helmets when you put them on if you do the erudite emote it'll actually uh illuminate the gems oh cool yeah and i would have never done that yeah, there are specific points in the game, you know, some towers and a couple other spots where you can use that emote and that helmet in combination to act as a key to open something. Interesting. I wonder if yeah. that ties into the Divine Towers, because there's been two of them that I've gone to that I could not, like, a little portal me to them, and then there's no way inside of them. <laughs> well, each one of the Divine Towers is tied to a great room. So okay. you need to have, have to the, have that specific great room. Yeah. And then the divine tower is how you activate it. Cause like when you get Godric's great rune, it just is a great rune. But once you go to the tower and you activate it, then you can use a rune arc to power it for a period of time. Yeah. See, I've, I went recently went to that Altus one and I can't get in there for whatever yeah. reason. It's like the door is blocked or whatever. And I, I went there cause I was like, Oh, I gotta be able to get through here now. Cause I just defeated Morgoth and freaking Godfrey. So there must be something else I have to do. Before I can get in there. Yeah. I, I can't remember whose rune you need for that one, but yeah, the, each one is, it corresponds to a great rune. So, uh, and then, um, along the idea of the graven witches, um, Selen's storyline actually ends in Renalia's, uh, uh, grand library uh, because oh, what cool. Selen wants to do is she wants to overthrow Renalia and she wants to become headmistress of the school and I don't know if it's her own attempts to do this or if Renalia is like no I don't think so but when you finally go through her quest line and you lead her back to the, the grand library um, you have to fight, uh, you either choose to fight with Selen against a witch hunter, or you choose to side with the witch hunter and you can kill her. If you fight with her and you defeat him, she goes into the library and she takes Renalia's place. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. At first I was like, well, that's really cool, but now how am I going to do rebirths? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> so I left the area and kind of was like, yeah, that's a bummer. And I came back for some reason. I got a key. There's a chest in that room that I was like, oh, you know, this is cool. And I wish I hadn't left the area because if you reload it, like if you sit at the grace, you get to actually see this happen. But Selen gets turned into a graven school of mages. Oh, cool. And she's just kind of off in the corner now. And Renalia is back in her spot. And you can still go talk to Selen. And she sounds like she is in the utmost pain. She'll still sell you all the scrolls and everything she would sell you before. But she just kind of lives in a ball of other mages off in the corner. 
And Maybe Rinaldi is the one that's really creating those. It, it could be. I mean, it, it, it's it's something that Selen learned from the school, so that knowledge is there somewhere. Yeah, but whether or not you know they you know if she was creating them, maybe the ultimate punishment was you know you become what you create. Yeah, I was thinking it could be that, or all of those mages could be mages that were rebelling against Renalia, and then she turned them into that as like a punishment as well. Yeah, yeah, that and that's be. why there's so many in a. That's a pure speculation on my part, so don't quote me on that. But that would be a very interesting theory. Yeah, it, it, hey, you know, it, it holds some water, so. Because it would make sense. There's so many of them in a ball that they're like, she's like, oh, you're going to rebel against me. Well, this is what's going to happen to you. And then she just kind of, because she's not a weakling by any measure. No, no. I mean, she ruled Rhea Lucaria for a reason, you know? Yeah. You don't just get to be, you know, the headmistress of a school of, you know, sorcerers because you, you know, had five bucks in your pocket and a name. And don't forget she was also married to Radagon. So she's obviously got some kind of power going on within her. And then she has the great rune of rebirth, which, you know, who knows yeah. what that lets her do. So, yeah. That's a cool little theory. I think that's probably a good place to end it because we've gone to like an hour and almost two minutes. hours. Yeah. yeah, an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, and I said I could go another hour about just the academy. I wasn't kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I don't want to go too long. I told you earlier I got other stuff I'm do- trying to do tonight too. And I was like, I don't want to be up till midnight doing this. Right, but. right. And uh, we still got so many other areas of Elden Ring, but I don't know yet what we're going to do next week. We may move into Kaled, or I may cover something else. Okay. And take like a little break in between. Yeah, I think it would be okay to do another another thing. You know, break up each lore section with a more normal episode, or yeah. maybe lore about something else. That's what I'm thinking because up as we can tell from this episode, I am not good at figuring out Elden Ring lore at all, even when I try. <laughs> Like I said, I tried with the Karya Manor or the Karya Manor, and I was like, I still can't find anything. You need a pegboard, note cards, and a lot of red string. Yeah, what I need is just a wiki page with all the info right there, and I can read it, <laughs> write it down, and then read it to you later. <laughs> Which I could do for almost every video game except for this one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. But, Asher, I don't think I updated you. Uh, well, I did update you, but we've got over the, our last Elden Ring lore episode, it was like, it passed 200 earlier in the weekend hey so people like have been, yeah people have been enjoying our elden ring episode and then the uh episode with rocky from audio oddity that's audio oddity i don't know what i said <laughs> is I, it audio oddity <laughs> something like that from the audio oddity podcast that's a mouthful when you're like not highly caffeinated which is what i usually <laughs> end for the episode which is probably also why i haven't been as pippy peppy as i usually am <laughs> your point is worn out but yeah that episode is doing well as well so i we want to thank all the listeners who are listening to this show globally now we've expanded into even farther areas i don't know if i told you we're like all the way people are listening in like israel and the middle east and stuff like that as well now. that's fantastic like we are like freaking everywhere and which and is hey, really cool if, if you came to this episode from the last lore episode don't cheat yourself don't skip over the episode with Rocky because that is fantastic. You will have a great time. That oh, is yeah. a funny episode. It's not a lore episode, but it's more my style, which is just a straight up laugh throughout the episode. And we yeah. do talk Elden Ring in it, so you don't yeah. want to miss it because we do talk about the, some of the creepiest enemy types, and it goes in some directions I never thought it would go. But I took us there, so I guess you would think it's my but, fault. 
there's there's no reading in that episode no there's not <laughs> there's not there's a lot of uh really good uh news gone wild which in that episode is just weird news but yeah news gone wild for that one much better than today's news gone wild which is like one article <laughs> well i mean it, the news is going to be like that sometimes yep but that's going to do it keep dropping those reviews on all of the uh, major podcast platforms and if you're listening on spotify which is where a majority of our listener base is that i could see was on spotify there's a new thing on Spotify, which has been on there for a few months, where you can actually rate. You can't review it, but you can rate the show five stars. Definitely do that. So that'll help us out as well. And uh, thank you all so much for listening and continue leaving us positive feedback. And also, uh, something else I'd like to do on future episodes is just instead of just lore themed episodes every episode, maybe like game video game topics, kind of like we did last episode. I think I've said this before, but if any of the listeners out there have anything they'd like us to talk about for like a gaming specific topic, throw it out to us on Twitter. It's INF underscore journeys for infinite journeys or Asher is Asher underscore dusk. You can hit either of us up on Twitter or you can go to journeys 3000 at gmail.com. You can send an email as well and hit us up with some of that stuff because we'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. If it's a topic you guys want to hear about, we'd love to talk about it, Uh, you know? If you are unsure about writing a review, uh, just tell a friend, you know, spread that word. For sure. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. That's going to do it for this episode. And I don't have anything funny to say at the end of this episode like I did last episode. (laughs) I think I'm just going to say peace out and we will catch you again. Oh, actually, there is something, Asher. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny, but um, if you, you may have noticed that some episodes have been removed from the show. Yeah, you trimmed that, down the feed a little bit. Yeah, I trimmed down the feed. Instead of being 13 episodes, there's now seven episodes. And that's because towards the beginning, the show was originally called Tamriel Journeys. And it was like a story. It was basically me trying to tell my journey through like Elder Scrolls or something like that in a storytelling perspective. And obviously, I've scrapped that to do this, which is a lot easier for me to bring Asher in and to just do a more of a discussion podcast. So I've decided as a may, way to not confuse people, episode one is now the first episode where Asher joined me, joined me, where Asher joined me on Infinite Journeys. And that was also the first episode where I named it Infinite Journey. So that's episode one now. And all of those other episodes have since been removed. Okay. Okay. So that's mean, what, yeah, that so that's why the we're continuity, I think. Yeah. So this episode now, instead of being like episode 14 is now episode eight. Oh, hey. So yeah, that's yeah. that's how that's going. Now they've got a good start, uh, good spot to start from. Wow, I'm we're we're both falling apart here. <laughs> yeah, I think we've gone on for too long, and that's what's happening at the end of the show. Yeah, I think that's going to be it, folks. The post show banter, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and like we said, keep leaving those reviews, and we will catch you all again for episode nine in another week. <laughs> Peace yeah. out, everybody. <laughs>